Hi, my name is Patrick, and thank you for joining us for Test Prep Logic for Everyday Life. Today, we will discuss the absence of evidence flaw. In a 2002 Department of Defense news briefing, in answer to a question regarding lack of evidence pertaining to Saddam Hussein's procurement of weapons of mass destruction, Donald Rumsfeld says, There are reports that there is no evidence of a direct link between Baghdad and some of these terrorist organizations. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> it's pretty confusing. To boil it down, Secretary Rumsfeld was saying that just because we haven't found evidence of weapons of mass destruction doesn't mean that there aren't any weapons. I was an LSAT instructor in New York City at the time, and I couldn't believe what I just heard. Secretary Rumsfeld just used an absence of evidence flaw. And the absence of evidence flaw is when one makes a definitive conclusion based on the lack of evidence to support or disprove the conclusion. We see examples of this type of flaw in standardized tests. The most obvious place we would see them in is, in, of course, the LSAT. And in Prep Test 41, Section 3, Question number four, the conclusion of the argument is that the factory's emission presents no health risk. The premise is only a trained scientist can determine whether or not these emissions are dangerous and none of the residents are scientists. The flaw in the argument is that the argument has not proven the emission to either, cause, to either be safe or cause no harm. Without the proof, the argument concludes that the emissions cause no harm and it's safe. The correct use of this flaw is to infer that we do not see evidence of something that only means we do not know one way or another or that we haven't been made aware of it yet. Let me use a more simple example. If I were to say that there are fleas in your car, and if you looked inside your car, would you be able to see the fleas? Probably not. Fleas are tiny. But does that mean that there are no fleas in your car? Who knows? We would need a microscope to look at the interior of the car to determine if there are, in fact, fleas. This type of flawed logic is used in every day. So let's fast forward from Donald Rumsfeld's briefing to last week. Last week, Scott Pruitt, the chief of the Environmental Protection Agency, stated, I think that measuring with precision human activity on climate change is something very challenging to do. And there's tremendous disagreement about the degree of impact. So no. I would not agree that it's a primary contributor to global warming. Pruitt does not agree that humans are a primary contributor because we cannot prove that humans are the primary contributor. You can see that Pruitt's argument structure and the LSAT argument structure that we just talked about are quite similar. This type of flaw can also be seen in the ACT as well as the SATs. In one ACT, test 67C, there is a reading passage, the first passage, prose fiction, and the portion that we're going to discuss is this. I walked out of the airport already tired from a three-hour flight that had already been delayed by over half an hour. Laden with suitcases and dressed for an overly air-conditioned office climate, the heat came over me like a blanket, an old unwashed woolen blanket that had been soaked in water, allowed to dry, 
crumpled on the floor, then re-soaked and thrown at me in all of its mildew glory. This passage, or this portion of the passage, describes how the author felt as she left the, uh, the airport. The corresponding question regarding this part of the passage asks us, the narrator considers the weather in Alabama during the summertime to be, and one of the answer choices, answer choice G, says unbearably hot and miserable. Now this is interesting to note that the majority of the students will pick answer choice G, and here G is the incorrect answer. It's incorrect because of the word miserable. Most students take the description that the author gave as to mean that the author was miserable. And that could be true. But in all honesty, the only thing that the author says is, is that it's extremely hot and very humid. Whenever we're looking at an argument, whether it's at the water cooler in your office or on a standardized test, it's important to ask yourself, what can I infer from what I've just read? In the ACT example, we can infer that the author felt like a hot, wet blanket was flung on her. In the LSAT example, we can infer that we don't know if the emissions does harm. And in the Pruitt example, the only thing we can infer is that we did not know how much humans have contributed to global warming. Remember, inferences are, based on the information given, what do I know must be true. Don't assume and just stick to the facts. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we dissect the science of genetic-based dating using test prep logic. Is love really a genetic test away? So who's right and who's wrong? Doesn't matter. What matters is the journey. My name is Patrick, and thank you for listening.